This Ask an Expert conversation is brought to you by Henley Business Radio. Welcome to this Ask an Expert feature on Henley Business Radio. My name is Gareth Armstrong. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And once again, we have a very interesting individual, an expert that is coming here into studio to talk to us. And this time about executive presence. Let me just quickly introduce Lynn Baker to you. So she is a professional speaker, a certified world-class speaking coach, executive presence consultant. I love that brand, executive presence, Lynn. And also a successful businesswoman. You're also then program director here at Henley. Uh, have I summarized you correctly? And then tell us what this Henley connection is, please. Morning, Gareth. Thank you so much. Yes, you're quite right on all those aspects. But probably one of my proudest achievements is that I've been appointed as the program director for the Henley Business School Executive Speaker Program, which is a program that we run on average two or three times a year, specifically on public speaking and business presentation skills. Now, that's no small feat, of course, because Henley is a wonderful brand. You then have all of this experience, and then Executive Presence is a brand that you, of course, own. It's a business that you run. Just give us a summary of your journey to the point that we're sitting here today. So I really started as the head of international sales for a global company in London. And that was really my training ground in what business is really all about. And eventually I came back to South Africa and started my own business. And that business originally um, was called Conference Speakers International. And I was an agent for professional speakers. And at that time, very few people had agents and very few people knew what bureaus for professional speakers were about. Mm. And so I built up one of the biggest professional speaker agencies in the country. I then had the opportunity to sell that business and ended up being very fortunately offered a fantastic contract with Monte Cassino when Monte Cassino was being built. And I got the exclusive contract to head up Monte Cassino Conference and Corporate Events Division. So that gave me a lot more experience in the in the conference and events world as well, as as well as a huge education on how do we run businesses intelligently. Gaming companies and large corporates like Soho Sun has so much to teach people like myself. Mm. So I got that aspect of you know business intelligence. And then I decided that it was time to go back and follow my passion, which has always been public speaking. So I'd been on the side of being an agent for professional speakers. And so what I did was I did a course with a company called World Class Speakers in okay. the USA. And I qualified as a speaker coach. And I started off by working with executives on public speaking and business presentations. And during that time, it was very interesting because I was working with a major global corporate. And a client said to me, Lynn, I love what you're doing with my team, but I want more. Mm. And I sat with this client and I said, what is more? And he said to me, find the X factor in business and come back and train my delegates. It's interesting that someone would give you that kind of leeway. To, uh, yes. Usually it's very cut and dried. You're, you're offering a service, you offer the service. But in this particular instance, you're talking about a relationship that was developed and then as a result of that relationship, yes. given this leeway to find the X factor, as you say. Yes, yes. It was a very interesting conversation and it was probably one of the biggest compliments I've ever had from a global executive who turned around and said, Lynn, make my team more like you. Mm. And I was very humbled 
by that comment. But I remember driving back to my office going, so what is the X factor? Mm. We all know the X factor when we see it. But if I asked you to define what is the X factor, very few people can. And this absolutely fascinated me. So I went away and started looking for what is it? What is the X factor? And I cannot profess to have found executive presence. Executive presence had already been found, Mm. and there were one or two books on it. The problem was they were looking at it from a very scientific perspective. Okay. And there was no practical application or implementation about, well, if I want to be more like Barack Obama or Nelson Mandela, how do I do it? Mm. So I developed a very simple model around what are the attributes that you have to concentrate on developing in order to have the X factor in business, which is executive presence. So executive presence has come out of years of experience, but then also someone telling you to go out and find an X factor element, which then you have done. You said there's a simple process. I think maybe what we must do is let's pull back a little bit before we perhaps consider that process and let's try and define what executive presence is. What is this X factor? What separates someone who might be a world-class speaker but doesn't have executive presence? Maybe Mm. we can ask it that way. Mm. You're asking the million-dollar question, Gareth, because executive presence in my model has 32 different attributes. Oh, wow. So when you – let's take somebody like – Nelson Mandela. Mm. Nelson Mandela didn't have one thing that made him remarkable. Sure. Nelson Mandela had numerous things that made him remarkable. However, when you look at it from the perspective of what really is the X factor, it's about attitude, it's about charisma. But one of the biggest things that comes across that makes people engage with leaders more than anything else is humility. And I know that that probably sounds a little bit, well, wow, that's not rocket science, but it really is. Well, the application because, of humility can be yes. quite, quite a, a difficult thing yeah. to do. Do you know why? Because what's happened in the world is there's so much insincerity around mm. that when we meet somebody who's truly sincere, truly authentic, and truly humble, we're endeared by those people. And that's why somebody like Nelson Mandela was followed by people around the world. Mm. It was a combination of his humility. Do you know, you never heard Nelson Mandela walking around going, do you know how long I spent on that island? Sure. You know, do you know who I am? Everything about Nelson Mandela came from a base of authenticity, of humility. He had a hugely strong value system, and his value system was about honesty, integrity, Sincerity, respect. I agree with you, but I want to play devil's advocate for a moment. Yes. Could it? Could we not also say that what Nelson Mandela had and did was also really good positioning, really good communications, really good PR? So he didn't have to tell people how long he was on an island. Yes. People would tell, as I did here, introduced you. So people would introduce him, and he wouldn't need to do that. And he would, and his team would insist that they do that. It's a strategic thing. It's a smart thing to be able to do. Could we say that he had some of that as well? So, I mean, there there were smarts there as much as there was humility and authenticity. Yes and no. Yes and no. And let me just clarify that. Mm. Nelson Mandela became a PR name and a PR brand. In order to get there, he had to be a person of moral values for people to buy into him in the first place. So 
you can't just wake up one morning and say, oh, I've got executive presence. Mm. I always say to my clients, executive presence is not a course that you can go and do or a title that you can put on your CV. Executive presence is a title that you're honored with by other people. Okay. Nelson Mandela had all the attributes that made people want him to be a leader. Mm. And then the marketing and PR machine kicked in and catapulted him to a world-class name or a world brand. But if you look at the basics of people who have it, yes, it's a combination of values as a value system, authenticity, everything else. But then, I mean, the other things about attitude and then charisma. Now, the interesting thing about charisma is what is charisma? Mm. And charisma is merely the energy that we exude. And there are two types of energy that we can exude. One is one of arrogance mm. and the other one is confidence. Let's take an example of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is charismatic, but in that charisma, what he exudes is arrogance. And arrogance alienates people from you. Do you think that it always does, though? So my reason for saying that is, in my mind, charisma, if I was to try and define it, it's the ability or it's whatever is necessary to connect with the person that's sitting across from you or your audience. And so charisma is not necessarily one or the other. It's whatever is necessary in that moment Mm. with between those two people or that person and their audience. Okay, so now we're going to get right down into charisma because okay. if you look at charisma from you know, a peripheral perspective, it's about energy. It's about attitude. Mm. If you go to it from a social intelligence perspective, which is where you're going down to now, charisma is about making the person in front of you or who you're speaking to feel more important than you feel you are, showing them that you care, Mm. showing them compassion, showing them that you really, really understand who they are and you care about who they're going to be. So when you, as I say, when you get into social intelligence, it gets down to interpersonal skills Mm. and people like the Nelson Mandela's had the ability to make people walk away from a conversation feeling like they were the only person in the room. Yeah, absolutely. So you see my challenge here with executive presence. Executive presence has so many complex attributes that you can't just put it in a box and sell it or give it to somebody. When I train executives, it takes me between six months to a year to start bringing through those executive presence attributes. Yeah, it absolutely must be a process. I just want to quickly highlight an example in my own life where it's not just one thing or the other. And it was actually where I went and met Jacob Zuma. I was invited to a small event. I hesitate to say exclusive, but it was an exclusive event. And there were only a handful of us in the room And I was able to then meet the man, come toe-to-toe with him, so to speak. And what he did was he pulled me in, pulls me close, takes my hand, takes my arm, pulls me close. And he had this this ability to connect, but then becomes lackluster thereafter because of all the things that we see in the news now. He lacks the follow-through that Mm. I think you're describing here. So it's not just about an interpersonal connection. It's much, much more, much deeper. When you look at the Jacob Zuma thing, and you compare him with the model of executive presence. Does he fulfill all the attributes of a traditional leader with executive presence? 
well, yes and no. There are certain things that he's got. He's certainly got confidence, and he has the ability to connect. Mm. He wouldn't be where he is. Exactly. Millions of South Africans wouldn't have followed him in the beginning if he didn't have the ability to connect. The challenge with Jacob Zuma is what's happened is part of executive presence is credibility. And what he's done has undermined his credibility. All right. So, you know what? There has to be a correlation between what you say and what you do. And that's where the disconnect has come in for Jacob Zuma. Yes, he's charismatic. Yes, he has the ability to connect with people. He has so many attributes of executive presence, but he's undermined it by undermining his credibility because people don't believe him anymore. Perhaps this is a nice segue into then the process that you you teach. But then before we even get there, let's talk about a book that you've just launched, and then maybe we can use that as a backdrop for the process that you do teach um, and that people would go through at Henley because, of Mm. course, you're running the program there. Yes. The the book that you've just launched, please tell us about it. All right. So because of executive presence, if you don't mind, I'm just going to take a step back. Executive presence has six key attributes, and the first is confidence, how we feel about ourselves and how we show up to the world. The next one is how we connect, which is our social intelligence, which we've spoken about. The next one is competence, Mm. our business intelligence, our business savvy. All right. The next one is credibility, our brand and how we're showing up to the business world. And the next one is communication. Now, again, there are different aspects of communication, Mm -hmm. and one of those, yes, is very much active listening. That's how you engage with somebody and connect with somebody is the active listening. The other part of it is body language. But one of the key attributes of presence is the ability to stand up in front of people and inspire and influence them. And that's whether you're a business person, whether you're a politician, whether you're a religious leader, whatever it is, when you look at the top people in the world, the one thing that they all have in common is the ability to influence and persuade from a platform. Mm. So that's why what I've done is I've written a book called Speaking of Speaking. And I'm very well aware that there are thousands of business presentation skills Mm. books around. However, there are not many books around that allow somebody to pick up a book And literally, in an hour, create and develop a presentation that will not only assist them in consolidating all the information that they've got and deliver it to their audience in very specific key points, but also show them how to deliver that in an authentic way. On the the point of public speaking, there always seem to be just two things. Uh, There is delivery. And then yes. there's what you're delivering. Yes. And it sounds like your book is then really helping to cover both of those aspects yes. very succinctly. Yes, very much. It's a practical guide. In all the years that I've been coaching executives, the biggest challenge that I've found with them is that they've all got too much information. Mm. And it doesn't matter whether they're doing a financial presentation to shareholders or whether it's to Exco or a sales presentation, whatever the case may be. Everybody's got too much information, and they try and cram it into a half-hour PowerPoint presentation. What happens then is they overwhelm their audience with information, Mm. and their audience walks away not remembering anything. Which goes to the heart of the attributes that you're talking about. You you have to be able to connect with your audience. So it's not about what you can deliver 
It's about what they take away. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing about this book, is the days of standing up, doing a PowerPoint presentation, and data dumping information on audiences is over. Mm. The biggest thing that's changed in public speaking over the last few years is not public speaking, but it's the audience. And it's the way that an audience today assimilates information. And it's very interesting, you know, sort of five or six years ago, a human being's concentration span was around three to four minutes. So speakers had that time to hold their attention. Research that came out at the end of last year now shows the average attention span of human beings is nine seconds. Hmm. Now, when you put that into the context of being a public speaker, it puts you under enormous pressure to not only get the attention of your audience, but to hold the attention of your audience. So on this, I've also heard something where it said um, it was research, and I can't for the life of me remember where it's from, but it said people hear or listen to between six and ten seconds of every minute you speak. Yes. Does that mean that you have to hold their attention the entire time? I would say no. You can't. You, well, you, you can't, and I don't. It's think not you, possible to hold people's should. attention all the time. Mm. The book talks about what we've got to be doing is using different techniques to get the attention of the audience and hold the attention of the audience. So what we've got to do is look at it. How do we grab their attention? Whether that's from you know walking on stage and making a bold statement, mm. walking into a room and asking a really uh, poignant question. And throughout that presentation, you've got to be working it so that every minute to two minutes, you're showing a different visual stimulation. You're getting them to listen to audio stimulation. You're showing them pictures, graphs, giving them facts, using quotes, anecdotes, and analogies, stories. You've got to be spicing it up so much that you become more interesting than the smartphone in their hand, which is their absolute distraction. What I'm hearing you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what you want to do is those perhaps 50, 40, I mean, if you're really good, maybe 30 seconds that you don't have them for every minute that you're speaking, they should be thinking about what you're saying. And then you pull them back, and then they should be thinking about what you're saying. So maybe the telling test here Mm. is, are they thinking about something else? Or are they thinking about what you're sharing on that stage Mm. in front of the audience in the boardroom? Would that be accurate? Okay, Gareth. So that comes down to the absolute essence of this book. Mm. And like I said to you, the days of doing PowerPoint presentations and data dumping on people are over. Presentations today, whether they're keynote speeches on stage or whether they're in a boardroom, have to be what I call conversations in motion. Yes. If we are not engaging an audience, we are going to lose them. And the only way to do that is to have more of a conversation with them, interact with them rather than dump on them. So the whole way that we present has changed. And, you know, those days where people used to go away, learn their content parrot fashion and come back and say it parrot fashion are gone. And that's a good thing because people didn't assimilate information. You know, when you think back to when you're in school, when you think back to when you're in a lecture hall, if you ask people today, how much information did you actually learn when you were in a lecture hall? 
they can recall very little of it. And, and who do you remember? And you remember yes. the charismatic yes. lecturer or you remember the charismatic individual that it yes. did engage with you, That's however right. limited it was. Yes. Dr. John Demartini. Now, yes. he, of course, has years and years of public speaking experience, but he shared with us on this point of public speaking, perhaps developing executive presence, but not quite there. You, you have a very unique angle mm. with executive presence. Uh, he said uh, whenever he is asked to go and share something that he's not entirely familiar with. He will do three hours of reading and preparation and then not take anything in with him and just speak for 30 minutes for every three hours of preparation that he does. Mm. I think that's what I'm hearing you say mm. here. Mm. Do you know what, again, we're going back to the point of authenticity mm. and credibility. And quite honestly, if you cannot stand up and speak for 15 to 20 minutes on your subject, having a conversation with your audience... Maybe you shouldn't be there. Mm. If you're having to learn your content parrot fashion, then really are you in a position to share it from, from a base of, of real knowledge and expertise? So that's really what it goes back to. Don't get me wrong. I'm full on in terms of preparation. In fact, 60% of the success of any presentation is in the preparation. Mm. Only 40% of the success of a presentation is in the delivery. And... What Martin was really talking about, again, was going back to having a conversation with an audience, engaging with our audience, because audiences have changed. Mm. There's an executive speaker program that is starting next week. You are running that here yes. at Henley. Just maybe talk us through some of what a person might expect there. It's not a sales pitch. It's just no. a, it's a conversation around what process you would use to assist mm -hmm. executives, individuals mm -hmm. who would join that kind of program. What might one expect, especially... Maybe we can put, build a character, someone who is nervous, who may be fidgety, who it's a natural introvert perhaps. What can yeah. someone like that expect? Okay. Well, Gareth, if you don't mind, I think I'm just going to take a step back and say why did we start mm. the Henley Executive Speaker Program. And I'm very fortunate to be part of um, a company called Unique Speaker Bureau. And I remember us you know, there's a premier league of speakers and there was five of us, six of us sitting down one day having a conversation about the discrepancy between when you get it to a conference and you have a professional speaker stand up and deliver and really get the attention of the audience, pump them up, make them feel good. And then what happens is the CEO or the marketing director comes on and does death by PowerPoint mm. and kills any energy that you've built up in the room and we looked at it and said well how do we give back to the industry and how can we assist people in business and aspiring speakers to do this better so unique speaker bureau had meetings with with henley and we put together this program and when we we're putting it together it was put together in such a way that we looked at the planning the preparing and the performing of a professional presentation. So it's really designed for people who are business people or aspiring speakers who want to improve their ability to influence and persuade, whether that's in a boardroom or standing on a stage. But it's a very interesting course from the point of view that not only is it designed to be very practical, but there are four international speakers who facilitate 
for the different sessions that we have. So you have myself standing up talking to them about what are the basics of putting the framework and structure of a presentation together. And then we have the other Michael Jackson, mm. who is probably one of the top 10 global speakers in the world, who comes in the one evening and does his presentation masterclass. And he really is. He's done three and a half thousand conferences in his life around the world. And what he does for the first session is he talks about presentation skills and masterclass. But the sec over the second session, he says, what questions have you got for me? How can I help you? Show me presentations that you've got. Sure. Then over and above that, we have Justin Cohen. Justin Cohen is an incredible top uh, speaker in this country who's written numerous books. And one of the books that he's written is on the astonishing power of story. Sure. And we all know that story, the best speakers in the world are the stories. best storytellers yep. in the world. Yep. That's really all it's about. So we give them the ability to look at story. How can you use story, whether it's in business or on stage in a keynote, in your presentations? And then we end off with um, Ryan Hogarth, who talks about digital decoding and digital branding. So how do you now take what you've learned and go out and brand yourself? But I think the uniqueness of this program is that throughout the eight weeks, now it's run over a period of eight weeks on a Tuesday evening from six in the evening to nine at Henley Business School. But for five of those evenings, each delegate gets the opportunity to stand up and deliver a presentation. Which is terrifying in and of itself, yes. but you have to do it. You I mean, if, you, if it. you're going to either stand up in front of a small group or in front of a large audience, you just have to do this you kind just, of thing. You have to do it. Yeah. So when I start this program, the first thing I say on the first night is, ladies and gentlemen, what goes on tour stays on tour. Mm. What goes on this room stays in this room. And it doesn't matter what happens. We're here to support each other. And I work really hard on trying to develop relationships of trust, not only with myself, and the participants of the course, but the people working together on the course. And I always start off by telling them all the things I've done wrong as a professional speaker. And believe me, I've messed up more than most. I have stood on stage and forgotten what to say. Oh, I stood on stage at Markex last year and fell off. I, <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, I okay. was, uh, I, you know, I was so into what I was doing. And the organizers had put up such a small stage. And I turned round to make reference to one of my slides and I took a step and there was no more stage. <laughs> and I went flying off the stage and so did my microphone. And my audience sat there with these huge big eyes looking at me. I mean, this is Lynn Baker, the top professional speaking coach in the world, has now fallen off the stage. And I stood up, I burst out laughing and I said, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, Dwang happens. Yeah, welcome, welcome to how it Welcome really to is. the real world of public speaking. If something's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong when you're trying to impress 500 mm. people. Mm. And you know what? That's okay. It's got to be okay. And like I say to the people on this course, not a hell of a lot that you can do in this room I haven't seen. I have seen global executives sit down in front of me and sob because they're so fearful of standing up in front of their investors or their shareholders or their stakeholders. So it's okay. This is the space where you face this fear and we're there to help you get through it. Not for one split second am I ever going to tell anybody that if you have a fear of public speaking, I'm going to fix it and take it yeah, away. Yeah, you won't cure it necessarily. Okay. 
you can't cure it. And, and speaker coaches who say, don't worry, I can fix it and take away, with all due respect, are lying. Because the fear of public speaking, and it has a name, by the way, it's called glossophobia. And it's a very well-researched phobia. But it goes back to our innate fear of failure mm. as a human being. And it probably goes back to something like when we were at in kindergarten and the teacher asked us to stand up and do twinkle, twinkle, little star. And we stood up and we did it as best we could as children. And we walked away and went and sat down and our friends laughed at us. And what's happened from a cognitive perspective, it's gone, wow, I mustn't do that again because I get laughed at. And that fear of failure just escalates as you get older and the pressure of business gets worse and worse. So you're never going to get rid of that, but you learn to manage that. And I give the participants some techniques on how to manage their glossophobia or fear of failure. But also what's important is I give them techniques that makes it really easy for them to remember what they have to say. Because our biggest fear is we're going to forget what we have to say. Mm. So one of my frameworks is so simple and so easy that kindergarten children could use it. And yet I've got global executives using this if they're asked to stand up and deliver a presentation. I give them this technique and they love it. I get tweets and messages from my execs all the time going, well, and it worked again. Thank you so much. Mm. So, you know, not only are these participants coming into a great business school, one of the best business schools in the world, but they're coming into the Henley family, and I think that's really, really important. And we're here to support people through the process of their fear mm. and make them and help them grow as individuals so they can reach their potential and stand up and inspire, entertain, and educate people. Lynn, you've got all this experience but you've also then shared a couple of failures. You fell off a stage. Yes. What are some other lessons that you've learned along the way? I think one of the most powerful lessons I've learned as a professional speaker is how do we engage with our audience to the point where we develop a relationship of trust with them? Because mm. that's really what it's about. And, you know, when I started in this industry 20, 30 years ago, I was trained in the good old-fashioned format where, you know, you stood up straight and you had solid stance and you made eye contact with the audience. Stand and, and deliver. Stand and deliver. Management by fear and all that kind of thing. And when I started speaking as a professional, I used to come off stage and people used to say to me, oh, wow, I'd do anything just to be like you. How could I ever be like you? Well, that's quite a compliment. Well, it is. But it's not because mm. at the end of the day, I don't want people to put me on a pedestal because then I haven't done my job as a speaker in terms of developing a relationship with them. Okay, now that's a fascinating insight and nuance here. Yes. So it's about developing relationships, yes. not about having the audience in awe of you. The audience has got to look up to you. The audience has got to respect you. But the audience has also got to be able to associate with you. Yeah, relate. And relate point, yeah. to you. What is the point in me standing up there and having people put me on a pedestal still and think they can never be like me? Then I've defeated the object of the exercise. What I'm there to do is educate and inspire people to be the best that they can be. Public speaking is not about the speaker. 
public speaking is about inspiring and educating your audience so that they can reach their ultimate potential. It's a fascinating nuance and something that I think too many people misunderstand. I want us to begin to close down the conversation with this idea. And forgive me if I step on toes. A lot of people mm. look at a professional speaker mm. and they say that is a thimble. There's a skill. There's a public speaking skill. But what do they really know? Mm. They've got the power to motivate and inspire, but it lacks a certain substance. What do you say to people that feel that way about professional speakers? Mm. And how do you assist either in the program or through mm. your book to develop executive presence mm. rather than just a public speaking persona? Mm. Which is why, Gareth, one of the key attributes of executive presence is around credibility. Mm. The one thing your audience will pick up very, very quickly is your sincerity as well as your credibility. And if you are not an expert in a subject, don't even bother standing up and pretending that you are anymore. Those days of those rah, rah, get up motivational speakers are way gone. Mm. Our audiences today are savvy. They're you, intelligent you and can't they have fool the informed. No, no, you can't. So I really challenge people today when they say professional speakers lack substance mm. because with due respect to become a professional speaker takes on average seven years just to become a recognized name. I have the unique situation where I head up the USB Academy where I train all the new speakers that Unique Speaker Bureau wants to take on. And the first thing... I say to people who come to Unique Speaker Bureau and say, I want to be a professional speaker. I say to them, have you earned the right? Mm. Have you earned the right to take people's time and take people's money? Because you're going to get found out very quickly if your credibility is not there. If you are a thimble versus uh, If you're a thimble, ocean. you're going down, you're going back in the sewing box, and they're going to leave you there because our audiences today are too sophisticated to accept anything less than thought leaders and experts. They won't listen to you anymore. You will not succeed as a professional speaker today if you don't have depth. It was a fantastic conversation. Thank you, Lynn Baker, professional speaker, certified world-class speaking coach, executive presence consultant, and also program director here at Henley Business School, the executive speaker program. Thank you so very much for sharing your insights and knowledge with us. Thank you, Gareth. Thank you very much. This Ask an Expert conversation is brought to you by Henley Business Radio.